Hello and welcome to this midweek edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcaster, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you're following along with us. Make sure you're interacting with us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. The best way for you to do that is to hit us up on social media. So at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me as always is my partner in crime, the Young Buck. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy York is in the house. Andy, WrestleMania hangover, man, it still exists. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still pretty heavy. Uh, I uh, I did not realize how like how long it was going to last. I don't know how many times I've gone back and watched WrestleMania at this point. Uh huh. Um, it's been a couple times, but yeah, I, it's it's definitely still around, and uh, I don't know if it's going to go away anytime soon either. It probably won't. Um, <laughs> just, By the just time so SummerSlam you know. comes around, and then we'll go to SummerSlam, and then it'll hit again. So. Well, that's 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 potentially true as well. Um, so make sure, speaking of WrestleMania, since we're on the backside of that, we have all kinds of coverage from WrestleMania about WrestleMania uh, available in our archives. So make sure you go listen, go watch, especially our, our latest episode, uh, where we dropped in all of our pictures from our trip. That's on YouTube, on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a way for you to walk with us through our trip, um, experience some of the things that we experienced without physically being there. So make sure you go check that out. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the notifications bell as well. That way you know each and every time not only us, but one of the other great shows in the Bodyslam.net family drop a brand new show. So hit that notifications bell. Um, and then if you are listening to us on a traditional audio format, Hit the subscribe button. Give us five-star review. But, again, for that YouTube video to see all of our pictures, make sure you head over to Bodyslam.net's YouTube channel. There's all kinds of WrestleMania stuff there. Uh, you will not be disappointed, I promise. So make sure you check all that stuff out. Andy, we're talking about WWE. We've been talking about WWE for a little bit. What well, we've promised all of our listeners that we're going to get back into AEW this week. Before we do, let's hit on a couple of things in WWE because... The train is still rolling, man. WrestleMania, there's no off-season. WrestleMania happens, but the train continues to move. And one of the, really the conductor of that train right now, step aside Roman Reigns. I mean, he's been the hottest thing in wrestling for a long time. But Cody Rhodes is taking his rightful place as the hottest thing in wrestling. And the stuff he was doing with The Miz on Monday Night Raw was absolutely golden, man. I loved it. It was just masterfully done. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the Miz TV segment as well. I thought it started off a little a little iffy, I think, at first, but then I think both guys got settled in and got really comfortable, and they just took off, and it was a really fun segment. Um, I, I really got to see the passion from Cody, um, which I enjoyed more this week because we've kind of heard the the dusty promo before from him, and we've kind of heard that kind of that side of the story before, but getting to see a different side of Cody really in this promo was really interesting and really cool. Um, credit to the Miz as well for playing the part really, really well. I want, I really wonder if Cody saying belt and wrestlers was scripted or if that was just him saying that I'm pretty sure that was just him saying that. And Miz kind of 
Miz kind of picking up on it. Either way, Miz got a lot of brownie points with Vince for correcting him very quickly. But I love the way Cody didn't really it didn't really throw Cody off, and I love that he's kind of bringing that side of things to WWE right now. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. See, I'm on the opposite side, man. I think it was absolutely intentional with Probably. Cody. Like I think he intentionally said it, and I think it was intentionally scripted. I think that that could be part of his character coming in. It's like he is not necessarily breathing new life into WWE, but he's bring he's really bringing his outside perspective yep. into WWE. This is the first time probably since, I mean, I guess you can count Adam Cole, but that was really only NXT. As far as main roster goes, this is really the first time since AJ Styles that I can think of, and correct me if I'm wrong, where somebody has been allowed to bring 100% of their full persona into WWE and absolutely be themselves. Yeah, I think it probably is AJ. Um, not not including NXT guys, because I think you can right. also put like Kevin Owens in there. I think you put Adam Cole in there as well. Uh, but I think AJ is probably the first one to go to the main roster and not go to NXT and bring right bring the outside influence in as well. Obviously, you can put like Sting in there and some other guys, but sure. honestly, it's probably just AJ at this point and now Cody are able to bring that in, which I, I think I saw somewhere. Um, I know at least his first promo. I don't know about all of his promos. I don't know how heavily – I don't know how scripted Cody's actually going to be. If I, I imagine he's not going to be scripted as very often or very much. I, I'm sure it's just bullet points of what you have to hit. So right. I think that part's really interesting as well. Um, I think putting The Miz in there for his first – match and first segment like that was really i think was smart Mm -hmm. i don't want i didn't want miz to be his first feud um no no discredit to the miz but i think cody needs a bigger yes feud like a seth rollins to be his first Mm -hmm. feud in rather than the miz but i think first raw segment things like that i think that worked really well um and yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed the segment i enjoyed the match they i will say this about wwe they just from his entrance alone they made cody feel like a big deal Yep. Um. I hope he doesn't have that much pyro every time because that's that's uh, was a little overkill for me. Um. But I I really enjoyed. It. I think they they definitely made him feel like a massive massive star, massive massive deal. I think internally right now he is slated as the number two babyface in the company, right behind Bobby Lashley. Um. I think that'll very quickly be. I think he'll very quickly move to number one. Right. Um. But yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting what they're doing with him right now, and I think yeah. it's. I think it's the best thing that they're doing after WrestleMania is with Cody. I think that's I think that's the best thing they're doing right now. Well, the only choice they really had was to capitalize on this yeah. Cody momentum. Like if they chose not to capitalize on this, then they then Cody shouldn't have even come there. Like they're right. wasting their time if they don't do that. Um, there's some refuting reports on whether or not Cody is fully scripted or if he's partially scripted. Or what have you. There's also refuting ports, reports on that number two babyface deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on who you believe. I try not to take too much stock into a lot of dirt sheet reports um, because I know that Bruce Pritchard's not always told the truth in his life. But in listening to his podcast, a lot of the stuff that gets out is stuff that WWE allows to get out. Yep. And these dirt sheet writers don't know what they're talking about. So uh, that's my advice to our listeners. Don't take a lot of stock into what you read. Obviously, it's news. Obviously, it's interesting. Obviously, it's to get a buzz because these guys are selling subscriptions and 
things like that anyway. So they're naturally taking a little nugget of truth and they're spinning it just like the news does or just like any other editorial does. Right. So uh, I try not to take too much stock into it, but you can't help but look into it and it allows you to speculate, like I said. But Cody Rhodes is absolutely the hottest thing in WWE right now. Uh, it's confirmed for WrestleMania Backlash, his rematch with Seth Rollins. You hit the nail on the head, man. Cody's got to have a big-time feud to start with. But his first two matches in WWE are against two of the best workers in the company. Like, not counting the Kevin Owens dark match, but, like, you're putting him in the ring with two of the best workers. Like, yeah. and, he's, and he's hit it out of the park both times. So that just goes to show you, not only is he a main eventer from a presentation perspective, but once the bell rings... He's a main eventer as well. He can hang. He still has that WWE style. He knows how to take the crowd for a ride, both in the ring and on the microphone. So, as I said, intro in this segment, man, move over Roman Reigns. I think there's a new number one topic in the WWE right now. Yeah, I and I agree. I think, you know, I think it's really interesting that Cody has taken that place. I really think... Honestly, this is a more advanced version of what Drew McIntyre kind of was coming back into the WWE. Good point. I think, Very good point. I think Drew could have gone to the main roster and still ended up where he ended up by WrestleMania 36 in the main event, beating Brock Lesnar for the title. I, I fully believe that would have happened whether he went to NXT or whether he came to the main roster. I think this is just skipping the NXT step and kind of skipping the being, I don't want to say stuck, but being stuck with Dolph Ziggler for that many months and just kind of going straight for he is a main event player. Now he is the main event guy. And I think, right. I think it's a little different with drew as well, because drew really got into his own on the, on the European yep. independent wrestling scene where, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have as, I mean, we watch it sometimes, but your casual fan is not going to watch, go out of the way to watch a drew McIntyre, drew Galloway match on, you know, some independent European, whatever. Right. But people know, people knew who Cody was when he left. People knew who Cody was because of what he did in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and then starting AEW. I really think that's really interesting. That's one thing that has really shocked me to this point, and you you couldn't really hear it on TV since he's been on there. There hasn't been one AEW chant, which has nope. really shocked me that that has not nope. happened yet. Especially even when Cody and the Miz brought up where they where he came from like where he's yep. been they they didn't really pick up on anything they didn't really chant anything so that was really interesting that's been really interesting to me as well I, I honestly like i think that goes to what i was talking about on the post show of wrestlemania by the way if you haven't listened to that again it's available in our archives go check it out that's immediate live reaction from us live in dallas so go check that out i was saying like i know that i say this to take shots at aew because I'm a step above a casual AEW fan, but I think this goes to prove my point about the win for WWE and that it's not necessarily sticking it to AEW. It's the fact that one of WWE's has come back home and is back where he belongs. And I think the fans accept that more than they accept the former AEW EVP now coming to WWE. I think it's, and, and Dusty's legacy has a lot to do with that. Yeah. And this is the perfect place to be able to do that. And like you said, we've heard the Dusty promo before, but in this context, 
in this situation in front of this crowd with the American nightmare, like this, this is the perfect storm, man. And I love that WWE is, is just riding the wave. Yeah. And I think, it, I think fans kind of realize that Cody had to leave to go prove himself. Yes. Um, and I know we like to me, me more than you. I like to throw shots at Vince cause I just, it's fun to pick on Vince cause he's the easy right. target. I love Vince McMahon just, throwing that out there as well but he's the easy target because he is the guy behind the curtain just like right. tony khan's easy to pick on an AEW because he is the guy that has to right. make all the decisions and everything but I, I i don't think he did i don't think he had to leave to prove anything to vince i think he had to leave to prove to himself that he was able to step outside of Dusty's shadow yep um and that's that's something that's really interesting. I think obviously we we compare that a lot to like Charlotte when she first came in. She had to step out of Ric Flair's shadow, and obviously yep. she she has done that um, in a, a cre- incredible way. I think more so than we ever thought she would. She's kind of right. stepped outside of that. And so, so I think that, so that that brings an interesting point. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose this this momentum. They brought this up on Busted Open. Uh, I think it was last week, right after Cody debuted. So I want to bring it to your attention as well, because it hits on the exact point that you just said. It took Charlotte a long time to get out of Rick's shadow. And now, aside from the name Flair, we don't even really associate Rick with Charlotte. She is now standing on her own. Yeah. Do you think we will ever get to that point with Cody or... Will Cody not allow us to because he continues to bring up Dusty? Not because he has to, yeah. but because he wants to. I I don't know. It's kind of difficult for me because I'm not one. Like, I'm not somebody who was around Dusty's wrestling sure. and stuff. Like, Dusty's yeah. legacy to me, obviously, I understand the importance of I'm not taking anything away from Dusty Rhodes because Dusty Rhodes is one of the best minds of wrestling of all time without you're him. Just, NXT is nothing. You're honestly. just a young buck. It's okay. Yeah. And so I, I, I never, you know, same way. Like I, I understand how important Ric Flair was to the business, but I, I never got the, it's not the same to me as like an undertaker or somebody else. That I've actually seen wrestle for years now, whatever. Right. Um, but I honestly, I don't associate Cody with dusty as much now as when he first left WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think part of that is I don't think I don't think until Cody wins the WWE Championship will he let us forget about him being Dusty's son. Mm-hmm. I think that's the story arc is him getting to that WWE Championship, and then I think that's when we start to see Cody kind of separate himself even more. Obviously, when your dad's the American Dream and you call yourself the American Nightmare, you're still going to have that parallel, which I think is sure. is enough for that at some point, but I think we're going to get to a point. Um, but I don't think it's going to be until after he wins or if he wins the WWE championship at some point, which at this point he has to, but we've seen, we've seen crazier things happen. So I, I, I think until he wins that championship, I don't think he is going to let us forget or let us move on from the fact of Dusty's legacy. And then from that point on, that's kind of creating his own, legacy down the line a quote that cody has said several times since coming back is a man often finds his destiny on the path that he takes to avoid it yep and i think that is brilliant philosopher cody Rhodes, right there but that goes exactly (laughs) to what you're saying 
You know, he tried to avoid Dusty's shadow for so long. Yeah. And he felt like getting away from WWE was going to allow him to do that. Dusty even told him to leave WWE. But, you know, of all this trying to avoid it, Cody was always meant to come back to WWE. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Cody did not belong on the independent scene. Did he do great things? Absolutely. He did. Was he the hottest thing in the independence for, you know, four or five years, whatever? Sure. He was. Did he start an incredible competitor for the WWE? Absolutely. None of that happens. If he doesn't leave, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have left, but he was always meant to come back. Yeah. And now is a great time because we see so often that WWE, that not that not that we lose interest after WrestleMania, but there is a there's a there's a dip after WrestleMania, as there always is. That it never fails. But Cody Rhodes is keeping everybody intrigued, and like you said, you don't know Cody as much for Dusty as as you know you did in his WWE run, and a lot of people your age or younger don't realize the importance of Dusty Rhodes. I'm right. not saying you don't. I'm just saying that. There's a lot of people who don't. Right. But then there's a lot of people, me and older, who do. And that's the perfect storm of creating this baby face and everybody getting behind Cody Rhodes. Yep. So I understand that they're trying to push Bobby Lashley as a baby face. His promos are terrible, by the way. His promo on Raw was was awful. So hard to sit through. Awful. So if. If that list is true and that Cody is the number two baby face, that ain't going to be there for long. No, because he he 100% has the crowd behind him, which is going to make for a fantastic heel turn one of these days, as long as the crowd stays behind him. But more on that later. Yeah. Uh, what else from WWE stuck out to you this week? Any anything newsworthy or noteworthy that you want to bring up? Um, I really. I like Shinsuke and Roman. I really like Shinsuke and Roman, but I have yeah. a lot of concerns about Shinsuke and Roman as well. Um, because of what we saw with, with Roman and Finn, um, that really Finn did not look that strong coming out of that and kind of derailed a lot sure. of his momentum. Sure. Uh, I think you can kind of say the same thing for Cesaro as well. It kind of yep. derailed a lot of his momentum. And then you go back to the Rumble 2021 with Kevin Owens. It After that last man standing match, it kind of derailed him for a little bit as well. So sure I'm kind of nervous because Shinsuke is back to being one of the most popular guys on the roster. Obviously, sure. a lot of that is credited to Boogs and what Boogs has kind of done to, you know, re reinvent kind of Shinsuke or kind of bring back Shinsuke. So I hope they're able to capitalize on that. But that's one thing that, I think the I think the matches are gonna I think the match is gonna be really good. I think it's gonna be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. I just hope that they don't go out of the way to only make Roman look strong, but they need to make Shinsuke because Shinsuke's not winning. I there's no way Shinsuke's winning, right. but he needs to look strong in defeat here as well. And so that that's kind of one of those things that I'm looking forward to, um, but I'm kind of hesitant about. And then honestly, the other one is I could care less about Charlotte and Ronda. I quit match. I could care less. Move on. Let's just let's just move on from it. I'm kind of intrigued by it only because it has a stipulation now. Uh yeah. so it could be interesting. That's the only reason I'm I'm intrigued by it. But to your point about Shinsuke, I think Boogs is the key to all of that. Yeah. What what was Cesaro missing? What was Kevin Owens missing? What was Finn Balor missing? 
a sidekick. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they needed a sidekick, but when Rick Boogs comes back, Nakamura is instantly back in the good graces, no matter what happens in this match. Right. So Boogs is already like he posted an Instagram video the other day of him walking on crutches <laughs> through his good. whole neighborhood. I mean, the dude's going to be back in like a month and a half. So <laughs> get ready. I'm just saying. So by the time the Nakamura Roman Reigns match happens, the next Friday, we might see Boogs. He might. Or he might I'm, just show up at the pay-per-view. He might show up at the pay-per-view. Who knows? <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, is Boogs will save Nakamura from that downfall, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, the match is going to be good. You know, the crowd's going to be behind Nakamura, whatever. But I think Boogs will save him from that. I want to get your thoughts on something else from Monday Night Raw. And that is... The controversial ending between AJ Styles and Damian Priest. And you're shaking your head, so I'll give you the floor first, and then I'll give you probably my opposing opinion. I was so excited for this feud, and I was so excited for Edge and Damian Priest and the possibility of Rhea Ripley popping up, which I'm pretty sure she's, they said she's in protocol and... There's only two protocols that I know of. One's concussion and one's COVID. And I'm more than like, I'm leaning more towards COVID protocol. Yep. So yep. she's probably got it or contract tracing or whatever. Yep. Um, so I think that's kind of derailed some things. I I think the concept was cool. It could have been cool. And I would have been really, like if he did that in the middle of the match to like summon Edge out of nowhere to the ring, that would have been awesome. Like something mm-hmm. like that would have been cool. For that to go to commercial break and then just end the match is so stupid. I the match itself was good. Like I was enjoying the match. Somehow I don't I don't understand how AJ just bleeds out of nowhere. I wondered the same thing. I don't because like I looked away for a second, looked back, and all of a sudden he's got like six cuts on his forehead. I'm like, what did I, I miss? And it's just is this a death match out of nowhere? No, I know. Um and so like I I don't know, it just kind of derailed a lot of stuff for me. I I hope they don't continue to try to do this. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It, I understand you're trying to do the brood-esque, spooky stuff. And if we were still in the Thunderdome era where you could cut away and do some things, I think it would have worked a lot better. Um, but there are some there are some reasons why The Fiend got to do a lot more stuff in the Thunderdome than before the Thunderdome because right. you were able to cut and edit and things. So I just... It was dumb. I hated it. I I absolutely hated what they were trying to do. I know what they were kind of trying to do, but it just it did not come across. I don't hate it. Shocker. I, <laughs> I know, right? I don't hate it. I'm not saying I love it, but I'm open to see where it goes. The reason I'm open to see where it goes is because this is Edge. Yeah. This is Edge. They're not going to do anything with Edge that Edge doesn't approve. Edge is not going to do anything on screen that he doesn't approve, vice versa, whatever. Like, this is partially Edge's creative. So, the reason I'm open to it is I want to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. If we continue to have people just disappearing and, and we don't really get a resolution out of it, okay, that's going to be dumb. But I'm anxious to kind of see. I, I want to get an explanation. I want to give it time and see what happens. Yeah. Because... Ultimately, man, think just just think in your mind. We're going to get another Edge and AJ rematch at some point. Like that's what this whole thing is going to lead to. So that's why I'm pumping the brakes. I'm like, okay, all this is going to lead to another match. So I'm good with it. Yeah, 
uh, was Ed- Edge wasn't even on Raw, was he? No, he was not. Was he there? I don't know. See, because if he wasn't there, then I'm really nervous because I think they may have just tried to do something creative without <laughs> without him Maybe. kind of there. And so Maybe. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Um, I don't know. I just I think if there would have been some I don't think we need the full explanation, but if there had been some explanation at that point or afterwards or something or if we saw that before a match, like maybe in a promo segment or something, if they had done something before the match itself to gotcha. like make us aware of it, and that's that's one thing. But to just randomly bust it out in the middle of a Damian Priest AJ Styles match that was really good, yeah, that's the part that really frustrates me. Um, and even you. if you did that, and you come back from commercial break and like you still finish the match. That's fine. I understand you don't want AJ to lose. You don't want Damian Priest to lose. Well, if that's the case, then don't book the match in the first place. Right. But do something different. But I just, I don't know. I feel like it was a way to get out of the match and try to be creative, but it, it just didn't work. And that's one thing about like Vince is he'll try something. If it doesn't work, then he'll probably try it three or four more times until he realizes it doesn't work and then and then moves on from it. But I think I don't know. I think if we get some explanation and the explanation makes sense and is not a reach, then I think it'll be better. But as as of this moment, I am I am not a fan <laughs> of it at this point. Well, let me tell you something I'm not a fan of in AEW that was a reach and that didn't work. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody to follow us on social media at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at Chris Belcher 24 This is the Bite Bomb Wrestling Podcast. If you're just now checking us out, welcome to the show. Whether you're listening on Sportswire Radio, whether you're listening on our traditional audio format, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, or if you're watching our smiling faces on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel, Thank you for doing that. Support our partners. I know they would appreciate it very much. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher, and joining me is Mr. Andy York, the Young Bucket. Andy, we promised our listeners for a couple of weeks now we're going to get heavily back into AEW, and that's what we're going to do now. And I am going to kick it off with the last thing we saw on Dynamite last night. <laughs> I have griped and complained and thrown a fit about AEW doing this lights off lights on gimmick that they do when they debut people well guess what it finally bit them in the butt because they did the lights out lights on and they debuted this satam sing whatever seven foot five monster just showed up in the ring and the place booed and it was hilarious my favorite thing was they started chanting who are you like that that's my favorite thing that they they chanted i so there have been some reports out of this that the purpose of this was aw has a relationship with uh i forget what the company is but they stream basically aw dynamite and rampage in india yeah, yeah, and so they're bringing this dude in, kind of like what why gender won the WWE Championship. All of oh. that that makes sense. Like I yeah. business aspect, that's fine. Cool. Ending the show was kind of that was dumb. I I, I don't understand ending the show if you especially because they had the long run over, like they reported the long run over beforehand. So like people were expecting, oh, so Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki are going to get a lot of time, blah blah blah, whatever. I laughed really hard when I saw this. However, I will I will say this. 
me and you were in the building for a certain debut where mm-hmm. people chanted, who are you? Mm-hmm. And now he's one of the biggest guys in the company, one of the most over guys in the company. But I don't really know if that's going to be the same case. I love one of my favorite things is somebody, somebody, you have, it's on Twitter. They, they said when you order great Kali off of wish.com and it was this dude that was, he's yeah. a big dude. I'm, I'll say he's a big dude, menacing dude. He's not going to do a whole lot. And I just, I don't know. It's, it was so stupid. Here's, <laughs> it was so here's, dumb. Here's my point in the whole thing is that they did the lights off, lights on gimmick Mm -hmm. to make him feel like a big deal. I understand that. That's great. Um, Because they do that for all the other big debuts. That's just what they do. Um, This time it didn't work. No. When you and I were in the building for Wardlow's debut, did the lights go off and the lights come back on? No. No, he He just came in the ring. He walked down the ramp. So what should this guy have done? Walked out of the entrance and down to the ring. I'm not. I'm not saying that like that's what you have to do if you don't know the guy or whatever. But think about it, man. If a huge seven foot five guy walks out of the entrance and down the ramp, you're going to have a whole lot more people. The context of who are you is going to be a lot different. Yeah. When you have the guy walking to the ring with purpose rather than the lights go off lights go back on and then everybody is expecting Cesaro or they're expecting Johnny Gargano or whoever they're expecting and somebody they don't know shows up. Yeah. And I I get that, but I think you also kind of hit the nail on the head of they do the lights off lights on for their big name people. Mm -hmm. And while he may not be big name to us, I'm sure he's a massive deal in India. So I'm sure Sure that was, I'm sure that was kind of throwing them a bone. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't expect a whole lot out of this to be honest um it definitely a dynamite was really good last night and it definitely left a deflating feeling yep. um kind of leaving dynamite so i that i completely agree with um i don't know it was just <laughs> it was so stupid and it was funny but they debut people all the time and by tomorrow we'll probably not realize he's even there anymore or he, more than likely he'll probably be on the Ring of Honor more than who will be right. in AEW, which right. he'll probably show up every once in a while, but yeah. Speaking of Ring of Honor, that's where I want to transition to next. In the midst of WrestleMania season, AEW and Tony Khan announced that they have purchased Ring of Honor. Now, we have hit on that just sporadically here and there, um, but Andy, as a Ring of Honor fan, give context to our listeners as to what this purchase means not only for Ring of Honor wrestlers, Ring of Honor fans, but AEW and and the whole narrative. Because as everybody that listens to this show knows, I'm I, I don't watch Ring of Honor. I never have, probably never will. <laughs> Even when it comes back on with AEW and all that, probably will not be watching Ring of Honor. Andy was a super fan of Ring of Honor, so Andy, give context as to how big of a deal this is for Tony Khan to now own Ring of Honor and what that means for Ring of Honor as a whole. Well, I, I think what's really interesting is, and I think it's very easy, safe to say that if if there wasn't the popularity of Ring of Honor, if there wasn't a Ring of Honor, there wouldn't be an AEW at this point. Um, because that's where your Young Bucks and Cody and um, Adam Hangman Page, Adam Cole, even Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson and CM Punk, all of them, really got their start in ring of honor. And so 
um, having them kind of have that ability to now be able to not just show some Ring of Honor stuff, but be able to call back a lot of really interesting feuds and rivalries is really cool. I love the fact also that they've kind of made it a sort of like an NXT to WWE of a developmental brand of being able to send people down there because I think they'll be able to really hone in a lot of people's skills um, to then bring into AEW. I think that was one of the things that was, uh, I don't want to say harm, but I think that was one of the things that really took away from AEW is you had a lot of green talent on screen for the first time that didn't exactly know what to do. Well, now they're able to go to ring of honor and, you know, hone in on their craft. I think um, she was on dynamite last night, Marina Shafir. I think she's going to go down to NXT uh, ring of honor and, and really hone her skills. I think she's going to be a really important AEW women's wrestler in the next two to three years. Um, and I really like the fact that they're not just, they're sending some AEW guys down there, like a Samojo to be the TV champion, to kind of be a part of that. But also like Samojo was massive in ring of honor. And sure. so for him to be back in ring of honor is really cool. Um, the thing that's most exciting about AEW having that is now they have the ability to have talent like Jonathan Gresham, who I think is going to take AEW by storm. Um, Dalton Castle, who is a very different style of wrestler, but is yep. very like he's great and he's good in the ring and he's a lot of fun. Um, the Briscoes, I will, I'm sure we'll talk about the Briscoes because they've already had a yep. match of the year candidate. Um, and you've got FTR as the tag team champions, which they've had two match of the year candidates literally in a span of like four days. <laughs> so uh, I, the Ring of Honor now being able to be a part of AEW, I think is really beneficial for both companies, for both brands. And I think it's only going to be doing great things for, I think it's going to rise Ring of Honor back to where it was at one point, but also elevate AEW at the same time. Okay, so so my follow-up to that was going to be, does any part of you like wish that Ring of Honor was still, if it was possible, because I know they technically folded or whatever they did um, before all of this happened, mm-hmm. does any part of you wish that it was still a standalone company like a New Japan or like an Impact, or are you okay with them sort of combining forces with AEW? I, I love it, honestly, because I don't think... I think because of AEW, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't ever get back to where they were because AEW, t- I don't want to say took, but a lot of guys went to AEW because it was the same fans, but a bigger, a right. bigger opportunity. Right. And so I think them having that now is going to be really beneficial. Um, and it's really going to help elevate a lot of different people at the same time. So I'm, I love it. I, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't think Ring of Honor was ever going to be back to where it was. So if it's going sure. to be the developmental for AEW, I think it's I think it's really smart for them to do that. And here's 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 my thoughts on the whole thing. I'm totally okay with it. Everything you just said is 100 percent correct. Developmental for AEW, give different guys a chance to shine, make us care about some of these other shows that they're doing because nobody cares about dark, nobody cares about dark elevation, blah blah blah. blah. Okay, now you incorporate Ring of Honor. There's a name that people know. Right. Uh, and you can incorporate some AEW guys in there, make it not feel as developmental. I get it. That's totally fine. My issue that we're running into, and maybe this will get fleshed out once they start a Ring of Honor show or whatever, is that all of the titles and the rosters 
and all of that just feels so convoluted right now. Like you've got the ROH world title getting defended on Battle of the Belts this weekend. You have the TV title get defended on Dynamite last week. You've got the tag champs who you've got FTR who paraded themselves out last last night with the ROH titles and the AAA titles, and they're confronting the other tag champs. Okay. It just feels really messy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I think it'll get more flushed. Honestly, I think the reason why they are showing up on AEW so much right now is to get that exposure so sure. that when they go back to Ring of Honor, when they start their weekly shows or whatever. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if like at pay-per-views, AEW pay-per-views, we see the Ring of Honor title get defended or sure. the t- TV title get defended. Because we've seen that with like, I think the NWA title got defended a couple of times on AEW pay-per-views. Yep. And I know yep. the NWA women's title did as well. Yep. Um, and so I think it's just, I think it's a way for other promotions like a ring of honor and like AAA who have these working relationships with AEW to get their brand out there to get their name out there. Um, it does feel a little convoluted, but also, you know, I think at this point, I think both rosters are kind of the same. And so you're able to kind of go back and forth and bring some of these feuds to AEW while also taking them back to ring of honor as well. So I, I it is kind of messy, but it is also like, it's rewarding to people that watch all the stuff at the same time. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Marvel MCU movies of like you can watch the last one and understand what's going on, but to really appreciate everything that's going on, you have to watch all other twenty whatever. I think we're at like twenty eight, thirty movies now, something like that. Right. To lead up into that. So I think and that's I, that's part of it. I get that, man. I really do. And I understand that it still needs to be fleshed out and all that kind of stuff. But if I am an AEW fan and I want to watch AEW guys like John Moxley and Brian Danielson, while they had a backstage promo last week are getting TV time taken away from some of the, by some of this other stuff. So like if, if I'm showing up to a show and I want to see these guys, I want to see sting and I want to see Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara and that kind of stuff. I'm not getting it because this is replacing it. And I get trying to get the name out there and stuff like that. Maybe it'll get fleshed out when they have TV, but I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. It's kind of convoluted. We'll just have to see how it plays out, I guess. And I think also like AEW fans are not conditioned the same way WWE fans are. Well, that's true too. To the fact that like, I think ring of like AEW fans, I'll, like 90% of, of AEW fans are like diehard Ring of Honor fans as well. So to get to right. see, you know, Jonathan Gresham and get to see those guys, if you don't see John Moxley and Brian Danielson on screen or in front of you for this week, I don't think it's necessarily as detrimental to them as it is to some people like watching at home and things like that. So I think that, I think AEW doesn't play to the casual fan, it plays to the diehard AEW fans that are just there to watch whoever shows up, things like that. So right. I get where you're coming from, but I think also like they're going to play to their crowd because that's right. their crowd is completely different to how, you know, WWE crowds kind of think right. as well. I just think as, as a fan being in the building, like yeah. if I drove two hours to the building and I go to see John and John Moxley and Brian Danielson are advertised for the show and 
I don't see them in front of my face. Like I'm going to be, yeah. you know, now they, they did, they were in the go home, the send the crowd home happy. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Mm-mm. but it was uh Brian Danielson, John Moxley, William Regal and Yuta uh, were in the ring with Dan Housen and William Regal and Dan Housen together. You need to watch it because Dan Housen curses William Regal and Regal sells it perfectly. That's, that's it's amazing. It's amazing. So I, I think that's part of it of like, when we went to Nashville, we didn't get to see Jurassic Express on TV. Right. But they got to come out at the end and things like that. So I, I don't know. It's just they're going to they're gonna play to their fans. And it it's just kind of one of those things that it's it's frustrating at times. But everybody does it. We were advertised Sasha Banks at SummerSlam and she didn't show up. So that that's kind of everybody kind of does it in their own way. Sure. Yep. Uh, let's rapid fire a couple of these things before we get out of here. Uh, you mentioned we mentioned the Young Bucks earlier, or I'm sorry, we mentioned FTR. They wrestled the Young Bucks. You mentioned that match earlier. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. Uh, what a phenomenal match on last week's Dynamite. One of the best tag matches AEW has ever had. FTR coming out on top again, right? Didn't they beat them the first mm-hmm. time too? Mm-hmm. Um, so FTR two and zero against the Young Bucks. We see the double sharpshooter in the middle of the ring. We see, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I immediately noticed it, is FTR, they're now wearing Bret Hart-style boots. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Bret Hart's boots, except they're just a different color. Yeah. I mean, this has to be Bret Hart at some point, right? We have to be getting him at some point, right? Probably at like the finals of the Owen Hart tournament, I wouldn't be shocked if he was there or something like that. I honestly, I if he if Bret Hart becomes the manager of FTR, I am fine with that. I think right. that would be amazing. I think I don't know, man. They're just so they understand wrestling psychology so much better than everybody else. Sure like they, I, they the FTR. We were frustrated a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, because they weren't getting, and they were too. They were, they were too. They they weren't getting their due. But man, when they get their time to shine, they they don't miss. Like they don't miss at all. Briscoes and FTR at Ring of Honor Supercard was absolutely amazing. FTR Young Bucks (laughs) was just as good, if not better. It was just great. I honestly like if you don't think if you don't think the FTR the Usos and the Young Bucks are the top three tag teams in the world right now, then I don't know if you understand what tag team wrestling is. And honestly, I think FTR is miles above both of them at this point. I think FTR is the best tag team in the world, and I don't think it's really even that close. Uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I think they're top two for sure. <laughs> but I I, I think those uh, I think those bloodline boys got them beat a little bit. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, um <laughs> The young bucks, no, not they're not even in the same. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, let's go, man. What do you think? I know you're going to have a positive opinion about this. I have a negative opinion about it, but I I've never been an Eddie Kingston fan, and I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get behind Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Uh, and, and it just is what it is. What do you think about what they've done the last couple of weeks with Kingston and Santana Ortiz and the Jericho Appreciation Society? I think, well, first off, Eddie Kingston throwing the TV at Jericho's head was one of the yeah, best that, things. No, that was crazy. I, yeah, I love that. Was, that. that was and crazy. I, and I think that's one of the things I love about Eddie Kingston is he is he's unpredictable, and you don't know what he's going to do. And I, his promos are so passionate and everything else. I love the fact that they put them together, like Eddie and Santana yeah. and Ortiz together. I think, you know, when we come up to Double or Nothing, I think we're going to get – 
maybe a six-man tag or maybe Santana and Ortiz versus uh, uh, Hager and uh, oh, uh, what's his, Dana Garcia. And then probably get Jericho and Eddie Kingston too. Um, yep. Again, a double or nothing, which I'm I'm fine with. I think I, I'm not sold on Jericho Appreciation Society, and honestly, I think that's kind of the thing that's weighing it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's Eddie Kingston or Santana and Ortiz, but I think it's the other side. And here's the thing about Jericho: some of the things that he does doesn't get over right away, but he uh, over time it gets over. Like sure. the inner circle wasn't over immediately; it took some time to get over. So I think this will be fine as well. Um, I don't know. I think I think the matches are going to be good. I think the promo stuff is fun. I think it's fine. Um, I just think once we get to double or nothing, I think we need to move on from Eddie Kingston and Jericho. Yep. And you know, I let Eddie Kingston go after Scorpio Sky and win that TNT Championship. I think that would be the best thing for him as well. Uh, let's talk Adam Cole for a minute. He and Christian kicked off Dynamite last week, which is a long time coming, in my opinion. Um, before we get to Adam Cole, though, this was Christian's. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is first singles match since the Kenny Omega match at All Out. I mean, he's been in a couple of tag so. matches. He was in the the ladder match at Revolution. Yeah, I think so. I think this is first singles. If not, what? then what? Like, I why? don't remember. I wonder. Honestly, I wonder if if he wanted to take some time away from singles competition. Like, he I wonder didn't if do we need to start with? Yeah, but he he did. I mean, he had the whole feud with Kenny. That and that that feud was months long and he had the he had the rampage match also he did some stuff in impact as well during that time so he was doing a lot of other different stuff as well i get it though i don't know why he was why he wasn't wrestling unless he just didn't want to like he may have just said he doesn't want to do singles matches he may just want to do the thing with jurassic express because it was it was it's so over you know him and jurassic express together so i don't know if he didn't want to do it I feel like he's the type of guy where if he wanted to wrestle a singles match, they would find a place for him to wrestle a singles match. So I, I, I wonder if it was more him saying he didn't want to do it right now than anything else at that point. I'm just uh, like the booking of FTR and the booking of some other people. The booking of Christian has been trash, in my opinion. I've hated it. I've absolutely hated it. Yeah. Uh, I, his run with Omega was great. Uh, you go from the main event, that... And now you have your first singles match, and that was in September. We so, are yeah. in April. Yeah. So that's seven months. Yeah. And it seemed like he was a last-minute addition to the ladder match. He was the last person in. Like, and, come and that's, on. That's what makes me think that maybe he had an injury or something. Like, maybe, maybe he did. had an undisclosed injury because getting added last minute to that, maybe he got cleared or, or whatever. Sure. I, I honestly, I agree. I don't think the booking of Christian has been that great. I don't think Christian is a top priority for AEW. Um, and I don't think he ever will be a top priority for them because I, I, I love Christian. And so what I'm about to say may sound terrible. I love Christian. I think I think Christian, you don't agree with this. I think Christian is a Hall of Famer um, for not just his WWE run, but for all of the things that he has done in wrestling. I think he is a Hall of Famer without a doubt. Um, I just, I don't think AEW needs Christian. I really don't. I think he is just there maybe to uh, help the younger generation grow up as well. I think the only reason why he kind of went to AEW is because at first, he was probably going to get treated better than he was at WWE. I don't think WWE really wanted to do anything with him. Right. Um, and so I think that's probably why he went to AEW. I, I just, I don't think they need him. I really don't. Right. I think he is just kind of there. 
I don't think AEW needs Sting. And I think he's just kind of there to, you know, help the young talent get over and get better. He did that with Kenny. He did that with Adam Cole. So when he's called upon, it works. But I don't think he just, I think being a part of Jurassic Express really is where he needs to be more than being a singles competitor and being a singles wrestler. Adam Cole's getting his rematch on Rampage this week. Really? They do that. They do that all the time. Yeah, they do. They yeah, did. But... They did. Uh, one of Hangman's defenses went on Rampage as well. Uh, I know, but it's the rematch. It's a Texas death match. It just, yeah. I don't like it. I'm not going to watch it live. I'm not. I probably will. I think it's, I, it's honestly. Adam, it's Adam friggin' Cole. I'm not going to watch it live. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think they're going to do something big at Double or Nothing. And I think you can't wait. That's one of the. I don't want to say issues. That's one of the downfalls of having only four pay-per-views a year is you have to do some of these special matches sure in, in certain places. And I think a te- Texas death match, I've, are they going to be in Texas or are they still in New Orleans? Yes. No, they're in Texas. So that's, that's it's I live. mean, if you're in Texas, why not have a Texas death match for the, for the AEW title with Hangman Page in there as well? I, I think it makes sense. I think it's fine. I think they're going to do something big. At double or nothing, maybe with Cole and Page. Um, I think Page wins here, and I think Cole probably wins it at double or nothing. I think yeah, that's um, where we we get the the story of that kind of taking place. So I don't have a problem with it being on Rampage. It's a special. Um, it's right before Battle of the Belts, and I, you know I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be psychotic to watch. Um, I think it's going to be crazy to watch, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. And Battle of the Belts is the next night. Um, on, I don't know if it's TBS or TNT. TNT, okay. Uh, Women's title, Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. And then you mentioned Jonathan Gresham earlier. ROH World title against Dalton Castle that night. Let's get out of here. But before we do our high spots and turd sandwiches, the highs and the lows this week in the wrestling business, I will start first, man. And I'm going to cheat. Well, not not really. Number one, I got two turd sandwiches, one from this week and one from last week. My one for this week is Marina Shafir. That was very hard to watch. It was not good at all. At all. Um, and then from last week, the tables match. I am so down on this Hardy's run, it's not even funny. It, the the ending was convoluted. Um, you can get eliminated, but you can still participate and eliminate somebody yeah. else. Like I, I I thought the booking was was awful. It was yeah. very very confusing. Yeah. All right, what you got? Um, so my third sandwich of the week actually is probably Damian Priest and the whole okay. blue light crap, whatever that was. I I did not like that. And then my other third sandwich is uh, I actually have two as well. My other third sandwich is. I could care less about Thunder Rosa and Isla Rose. I wish they would have had a better feud for Thunder Rosa coming out of the title. Um, I think Nyla Rose would have been fine. Like I think she is a good uh, com- opponent for Thunder Rosa. I just the booking the the build has not been that great. Nope. And so I, th- I think they need to do something different after Battle of the Belts with them. I totally agree. All right, high spots of the week. Um, I'm gonna take two, and I'm gonna take them both from Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, the Usos and the Street Profits in the main event. Woo! Sign me up all day long, man. Those two teams, man, what a match. Mm-hmm. And then the two segments with Cody Rhodes and The Miz this week. I mean, 
Uh, we we said it at the top of the show. WWE's printing money at this point with Cody Rhodes, and it was fantastic to yep. see. Yeah. So those are my two. What do you got? Um. So I would be remiss if I didn't go back and put FTR. I'm lumping these two together. FTR and Briscoes, FTR yes. and Young Bucks together. That that was absolutely amazing. But then for this week specifically, I'm. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe beat the crap out of each yes, other. They did. <laughs> I mean, two minutes into the match, and Suzuki's chest was bleeding, and yes. Joe's chest was purple. So yeah. they were beating the snot out of each other. I that's what I want out of a Suzuki Joe match. So from bell to bell, it was absolutely amazing, and I loved yep. everything about it. So that that's definitely my highlight of the week. It was good stuff. We'll catch you up on more AEW coming up next week. Next Monday. We promised this a long time ago. Next Monday, we're going to do our tribute episode to Triple H, who officially announced his retirement over WrestleMania weekend. He put the boots in the middle of a ring night two of WrestleMania. So we're going to talk about Triple H, his career, what he's meant to us as fans. That's coming up on Monday. Make sure you go check out last week's episode, like we mentioned earlier, WrestleMania weekend review with all of our personal photos inserted into the video that's available on bodyslam.net youtube channel make sure that you check that out make sure you follow us at pbw podcast on facebook twitter and instagram to keep up with anything and everything that is happening on the show we would appreciate that very much for mr andy york my name is chris Belton. thanks for hanging out with us on this episode of the pipe bomb wrestling podcast we will catch you guys down the road